It's going to bless you. And it's going to bless everyone else. Are we ready? Amen. Let me turn on this. I forgot to turn this on last week. Our podcast. Amen. Well, welcome this morning to, to our broadcast, newheartworshipcenter.com. Uh, you can catch us on YouTube. Uh, I want to welcome those that are going to be viewing this video, those in Pakistan, those in India, uh, my new covenant pastor in Liberia, and my pastor in Uganda, and those that are in Nigeria, and all the most parts of the earth. We must bless you today, and I pray that you will be blessed, uh, especially you pastors in India, uh, uh, as you are struggling and working in the villages of India. I pray this, this message this morning will bless you and you'll grab hold of the faith of this, of this word, and your ministries will grow. So we're, we're here in Aurora, Illinois, and uh, it's an honor to serve you. Amen? I call this message this morning, The Covenant, the, the Blessings, the Covenant, and Warfare. The Blessings, the Covenant, and Warfare. What did I do with my clicker? There it is. Amen? The Blessing, the Covenant, and Warfare. As I was... Uh, the Lord had spoken to me. I was going to do a funeral for my, the, uh, my apostle friend to pass. Immediately, it wasn't more than three minutes after I got the phone call that they wanted me to. I already knew they were going to call me because the Lord spoke to me. He said, they're going to call you and ask you to come do the eulogy. And three minutes after that, he gave me these scriptures. So I'm going to share them with you. Genesis 48, verse 17. Uh, we're going to read this. I'm going to take my time with this. Genesis 48, verse 17 it says, and Joseph saw that his father had laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim. It displeased him, and he held up his father's hand to remove it from the head unto Manasseh's head. And Joseph said to his father, not so, my father, for this is the firstborn. Put thy right hand upon his head. And his father refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it. He also shall become a people, and he shall also be great. But truly, his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his seed shall become a multitude of nations. Now, you know the story of Joseph. He was uh, given visions and dreams about being great, and he was uh, betrayed by his brothers, thrown in a pit, then thrown in the Potiphar's house, and then his Potiphar's wife tried to rape him, and he, then he was thrown in jail, and he stayed in jail, and they let him run to jail. And finally, after years, God brought him out of, out of prison to become the second in the kingdom of, of Pharaoh, kingdom of Egypt. And then he got old, and uh, Joseph named his two sons Ephraim uh, because God has blessed him in the land of his captivity, in his land of pain. He called Ephraim his joy, and uh, he was getting ready to die. And as he was getting ready to die, uh, the first son was always supposed to get the blessing. The first son is all, the father was always supposed to impart the blessing to the first son and then to the other sons. And so my question is, who imparted to you? The blessing of the family has to come down from generation to generation. And a lot of times we lose our blessing because of the ignorance of our parents, of our ancestors, or the devil comes in and steals the family blessing. And so it's very important that there has to be an impartation of the blessing into your life. But thanks be to God that Jesus died, that he engrafted us into the kingdom of Israel. And also he's given to the fivefold ministers or pastors the ability to impart or engraft you into your spiritual blessing. Amen. 
So you need to have someone that that is able to impart because a lot of times our parents were ignorant. They didn't know. They didn't know they're supposed to impart the blessing unto your into your life. Uh, I grew up. I had ten brothers and sisters, and my father left when I was just second grade, third, second year, whatever. And for years, uh, I mean, he was there, but he wasn't taking care of us. He, my mom took care of us. And, and there was a lot of bitterness in my family. My brothers and sisters were bitter at him, you know, we, you know because he wasn't there to help. We, you know, we grew up poor. We didn't have anything to eat sometimes. And, and my mom did the best she could, but we made it through. We came through the situation. But when he got old, when he got older, when I got saved and I became a pastor, I had the opportunity to preach to all my family members. We had a family Thanksgiving or get-together, and he was there. And I... Uh, I, I, I told before the whole family, I said, I, I forgive him. You've got to forgive your father because he didn't know what his father had transferred to him, all the lust. He had children all over the place, and he didn't know what was going on in his bloodline. So I said, forgive him, and, I, and, and uh, they did. And then a few years later, uh, he came to my house, and I told him, I, and I got down on my knees, and I, said, and I said, put your hand on my head, and I want you to bless me. Even though he, he didn't even know how to pray, he was Baptist, you know. He, he, he said, "Lord, bless my." He did the best he could. Put it that way. But I wanted to make sure that the family blessing continued in the bloodline because in my bloodline there's a lot of ministers, a lot of pastors. So I don't want to miss out on just because he messed up. Don't mean that the blessing needs to be cut off from me. So I wanted to get the blessing. So make sure that your father blesses you, even though they may make a mistake. We all make mistakes. Your children get mad at you because you messed up. Amen. So. Go on about your business and let God bless you. Let's go on. The blessing. Then verse 20 says, And he blessed them that day, saying, In thee shall Israel bless, saying, God make thee Ephraim and as Manasseh. And he said, Ephraim uh, before Manasseh. And Israel said to Joseph, Behold, I die. And he said, God shall be with you and bring you again unto the land of your father. So he begins to prophesy. God's going to bring you back to Israel. Even though you're king, second in command of Egypt, God one day is going to visit you and going to bring you back to your land. Moreover, I have given you a one portion above thy brethren, which I took out of the hand of the Amorite with my sword and my bow. There are blessings that you don't know about that you've been inherited that you need to begin to pray about and say, Lord, show me where my blessing is. Show me what that's in my bloodline that belongs to me. Because uh, he, he said, there's a mountain I already got for you. So when you get to the land, you already got land there when you get there. There are blessings that belong to you, and we want to make sure we get it. So there needs to be a prophetic impartation of the blessing in everyone's life. Genesis 49 verse 1 says, now here's Jacob. Jacob called it. Now, after he's getting ready to die, he laid hands on Manasseh and, and, and uh, uh, Ephraim. Now he calls his sons in, the 12 sons. And he called his sons and said, gather yourselves together that I may tell you what shall befall thee in the last days. Gather yourselves together, verse 2, and hear you sons of God, of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel your father. Reuben, you're my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, excellence of dignity, and excellency of power. But you are unstable as water. Unstable as water. Thou shalt not excel. Because thou went to thy father's bed, you defiled thou it, he went up to my couch. So his son 
went into his father's bed to have sex on his father's bed with a, with a concubine or his girlfriend or whatever. And his father cursed him. And, I, and Cynthia was in my message this morning because she was praying, Lord, I break every spoken curse by my parents and authority figure. You got to break them curses off of your life and, uh, and people speak over you. As Daniel was saying, they wanted to put my son in the dumbbell. Don't let people speak stuff over your children and tell them they go, they dumb or they stupid. The devil is a lie. You just don't know how to teach him right. Praise God. And you reverse that thing and speak over that situation. So the breaking of the family line curse, you know, that's, that's horrible for your parents to curse you. So we got, thank God Jesus broke the curse for us, that you can break the curse because your, your, your parents cursed you because you was an idiot. Amen? Or you acted an idiot. You know, parents, you get on your parents' nerves sometimes. And they can say some stuff that come out of their mouth that ain't supposed to come out of their mouth. Simeon and Levi, our brethren, you are instruments of cruelty in their habitations. Oh, my soul, come not thou into their secret. I ain't got nothing to do with them. Unto their assembly, don't let my honor go with them. Be thou not united, for in their anger they slew a man, and in their willful they dig down a wall. Man, he cursed them. He said, I don't want my anointing. I don't want my spirit. I don't want my name. I don't even know these two. And that's when they killed the guys at Shechem. They broke the covenant and, and had the guy, they had them get circumcised, and they went in and killed them all. Uh, why they couldn't run, amen, they couldn't defend themselves because they were in pain and they killed all the men of Shechem and then they had to flee Shechem and go back to the house of God, go back to Bethel. They had to take off their earrings, they had to take off their nose jewels, had to take off all that worldly stuff, say we're going back to the house of God where we belong, amen. They were in the midst of the heathen. Then he said, uh, curse be in their anger, for it was fierce in their wrath, it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. And that's horrible to do that to your own kids. Just speak curse over them and he cursed them. Then he said, Judah, thou art whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be on the neck of your enemies and thy father's children shall bow down before them. We know that Jesus came out of the tribe of Judah, the praise, the worshiper, the wonderful worshiper. And then it says, when Jacob made an end of these saints, commanding his sons, he gathered up his feet into the bed, yielded up the Holy Ghost, and was gathered to his people. Amen. He just decided it's time for me to go. Just get in the bed. I'm going to sleep, y'all. See y'all later. I'm out of here. But he blessed them. The, the blessing must come down through the generations. I call it the transgenerational blessing. Every generation must ratify the covenant of God. Every generation. Abram had to do it. Then his son heard the stories of Abraham, how him and Sarah went into Abimelech's land and, 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 and uh, had to make sure, play that she was his sister. And, and then God cursed Abimelech. And Abimelech said, he gave, started giving them sheep and gold. Just, Y'all just go. All his servants were very barren and, and nobody had any babies. And, and, and he was tormenting in the dream. And God said, you better not touch Sarah. I'm going to kill you. Amen. Don't mess with her. That's my, that's my girl. Amen. <laughs> Don't mess with her. He, he said, y'all take your stuff and go. And then his son did the same thing. He went into Abimelech's land and, and did the same thing. And he got blessed and came out. So he had to ratify the covenant that Abraham, he had to go to God and say, you're my God. 
I repent to you. I serve you. Every generation has to do that. And I told, told him yesterday, look at me. I said, just because you're born Baptist, your mama born Baptist, and, and you've been in the Baptist church, you got to get saved for yourself. You can't live off your mama's baptism. You can't give off your mama's salvation. You got to go to God for yourself. Amen? Every generation has to have a covenant or a blessing with God. So, this is, so he took, gave up the Holy Ghost. Now, that's the blessing. Here's the covenant. Joshua 24. These are three different instances, and all three of these men died. They were getting ready to die, and they made these two. The first one, uh, Jacob said, I'm going to bless you, the prophetic word, uh, the blessings coming to your house. Then Joshua, after all these years of wandering in the wilderness, bringing them, leading them through uh, uh, the battles, going over the River Jordan, crossing into, taking Jericho, getting beat at Ai, and, 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 and fighting many battles and many crusades. They had fight. He was getting ready to die. So he called the people together. And he said, if it seemed evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day who you're going to serve. Whether the gods which your father served and were on the other side of the flood. Because remember now, when God brought them out, he brought them out in a pillar cloud by day and a pillar cloud by fire by night. But he said as they were following them, they were carrying their idols on their shoulders. Melcom, Chemosh. All the abortion and, and, and all those idols. That's because that's all they knew. They were carrying, following the glory of God, but still cardinal and still carrying their idols with them. And so he said, choose which one you're going to serve. And all those that was on the other side of the river, they all died in the wilderness. God made them wander for 40 years, just killing them off. He said, you're not going into your promise because of your idolatry and your rebellion. Because I tried to feed you. I brought you out into the wilderness. And you start complaining. You ain't had no water. I ain't got nothing to drink. You didn't brought us out here to die. What you know, Why we follow you? We can go back to Egypt. And God got mad. And Moses, God said, speak to the rock, Moses. And Moses spoke to the rock and water came out. They were satisfied for them. Then they started complaining. We ain't got nothing to eat. I'm tired of this manna. Manna in the morning, oatmeal in the morning, oatmeal at noon, and oatmeal at supper time. All I get is oatmeal every day, oatmeal. That's all we get. Oatmeal fried, oatmeal boy, oatmeal. <laughs> Not like we with our chicken. We got all kind of chicken. Jerk chicken, this chicken, that chicken, fried chicken, barbecue chicken, 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 amen. Roasted chicken, amen. Grilled chicken. And so they were sick of it, and they complained, and God said, okay, I'm going to send you quails. And he sent them quails, and while they had, oh, this meat is good. While they had the meat in the mouth, God said he smote them, killed a lot of them, because he was mad at their rebellion. He said, so are the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So they were in the land of the Amorites. The Amorites were, and the Moabites, they, they were the ones that, that destroyed a lot of them that were lagging behind uh, the, 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 on the trail. They would wipe them out, the Amorites, and God would not let them fight the Amorites. He said, I want to make sure to the fullness of times I'm going to deal with the Amorites, and one day I'm going to deal with them fully so you can't go and mess with them. So they were in the land, and they started doing the things of the land. Amen, just like in our land, in our time right now. They didn't pass laws now. Marijuana is legal, and you can have social marijuana. Don't come up in there smoking and get high. I'm going to cast the devil out of you. Amen. Don't come up here drinking and can on and, and acting the fool. You're going to get the devil cast out of you because I'm in covenant with God, and you ain't got no business going with the world. Just because they pass a law don't mean that you got to do it. Paul said all things are lawful for me, but I don't have to do it just because they pass a law. Amen. And I had a talk to a man yesterday uh, at the repast, and he had on two earrings. He called himself saved. 
And I was preaching about Enoch. I said, I don't care if you don't like it or not. They took a, uh, they put uh, a slave. When you were a slave in Israel, they put your ear to the door, took an awl and put a hole in it and put an earring in it. It was a symbol that you were a slave. And I said, you can get mad at me. I'm not condemning you and I'm not sending you to hell. You can wear your earrings, but I'm going to tell you the spirit of lust, the spirit of perversion, and the spirit of rebellion operate behind the earrings. Now, take it whatever you want. It ain't going to take you to hell. Now, you just... Have to deal with your demons every day. Amen. And then the man had the nerve and I left the table to go over and talk to Apostle, uh, uh, to uh, Dr. Mildred Harris. The man had the nerve to tell my wife, come on over and sit with me. <laughs> and he was just laughing. Ha, ha, Pastor, you just, you just told me to tell you. I almost took my earrings off and I, I was going to give them to you. And, and you probably would have put them on. I said, the devil is a lie. <laughs> See, that was a spirit. He's laughing and joking like that really don't matter. That's, he said, I ain't taking them off whether you, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep them anyway. Say, my girlfriend, bought, my wife bought me these. It took me 35 years to make up my mind to get these earrings. I said, well, if she tell you to jump off the bridge, you're going to jump off the bridge? My wife said, leave me alone. <laughs> Just leave me alone. I say, you got to get in these devil's faces because these folks make excuses they make excuses for the flesh, and they, they think you're not supposed to say nothing. My job is to keep them from going to hell, and I got to do whatever I can do and say whatever I can say to keep people from going to hell. Amen? So that's what I'm saying. That spirit of lust was in him. That, that perversion spirit, the lust spirit, is in that. Is in that and, and, and I tell people, I don't know why I'm on this. I say, I don't know if I'm door here. But if you see a man, most of the time he's trying to rap to you, trying to talk to you, trying to, trying to be sweet to you with them people with hearing. The character, you can tell their character just by how they are. Trying to be slick. I'm cool. I'm this. Okay. If I cut you, I'll heal you later. Amen. No. <laughs> he's coming into the covenant. Who's on the Lord's side? Are you in covenant with God? Then Joshua told the people, he said, now, and the people answered and said, oh, God forbid that we should ever forsake the Lord. Not me, who, me? I ain't leaving the Lord. And serve other gods? No. And the Lord our God, then they started saying, he it is that brought us out of the house of our fathers, out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage. I, I remember when he delivered me. We delivered when, that, when those perverse spirits was on. We deli he delivered me from the, my oppression. He delivered me from my guilt. He delivered me from my shame. How can we forget the God that brought us out of bondage, out of Egypt? Out of, he did signs and wonders in our sight. He preserved us in all the way we went and among all the people who we passed. Oh, we going to leave God? Then Joshua said to him, The Lord drave out from before us all the people, even the Amorites, which dwelt in the land. Therefore, we will serve the Lord. He is our God. God drove them out. Remember the scripture says he, he sent, he sent uh, hornets into the city and just drove them out of villages. And he sent angels in there and, and drove them out. And he sent floods and all kind of stuff to drive them out of the village. And they just walked in and got houses they didn't build and vineyards they didn't plant. God just drove them out and they just walked right on into their blessing. Now, they had to fight some of them, but some of them, God did some, some supernatural things to get them into their, 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 their land. He said, Joshua said to the people, you cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. 
and he will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. He is saying you can, he said, but as much as, uh, Peter says, as much as he has called you to be you holy, so be holy in all manner of conversation. You got to correct your mouth, what you say, how you talk, get rid of that cursing, get rid of that profanity, get rid of all this stuff. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Holy doesn't mean that you go put on a long dress and long sleeves and, and put a bun up in your hair and, and, and you look like you're all religious and you're all holy. That ain't got nothing to do with holiness. That has, it has to do with a heart, inward heart thing, that my integrity, I have integrity with God, and I'm walking with God, and if I, I can sin, but I don't want to sin, I want to be like him. Peter said, you also are lively stones, built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices, acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So once you get saved or you get born again, he don't look for your fleshly sacrifices. He wants your spiritual sacrifices. He wants you to be able to worship him and lift your hands and praise him and say, Lord, you're my God. He wants you to be able to say, Lord, Lord, you said, uh, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my trespasses every day. Amen. Even if you don't think you sin, you ought to say that every day. You say, Lord, forgive me. I repent of my sin and mean it from your heart. All you got to do is mean it from your heart. Lord, I know you're still working on me. I know my flesh is still need to be brought under. But Lord, by faith, I'm going to keep walking until you get me set free. God said that you're a holy priesthood. And then he said you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Now, holy means you've been set apart from the rest of the world. You've been set apart and chosen to be different, a peculiar people that should show forth the praise of him that have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are peculiar, so don't think you're supposed to fit in. My, 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 my grandson, he came home the other day and he said, Papa, I, I took my reading test and I got a score higher than what the school score said should be higher, so I don't have to take reading no more. I can go take a, a, an elective. He said, well, I said, what you going to take? He said, I'm going to go take cooking. I said, well, go on and take you to cooking class, boy, and learn how to cook. Don't leave home without knowing how to cook. You may not find a woman that can cook nowadays, amen? <laughs> you better learn how to cook for yourself, amen? Everybody want to microwave it and buzz it and give you the GMO food and the packaged food and processed food and can't cook a thing, amen? You better let me see if you can cook. I had to ask my wife, can you cook, amen? I ain't saying nothing to you. I can taste your food, amen? Hallelujah. Taking my appetite nowhere. Because my first wife couldn't cook. That marriage last six months. I was out of there, boy. <laughs> couldn't cook at all. No love in the food. Y'all can tell when love, you know, you can tell when somebody cook with love. I mean, it just, your toe starts tapping, you, you start sweating. And be <laughs> but let a woman cook when she mad. It'd be burnt meat, so much salt in it. It don't taste right, and then she put it on on the table and watch you. What's the matter? It don't taste right? <laughs> pray over you. That's why Jesus said, pray over your food. Amen. You know what's going to happen. So they began to make lame. Joshua said, don't be coming to God making lame excuses about what you're doing. Pretending. Backsliding, sipping saints. We ain't even got sipping saints. They're on Facebook now. The, the, the Holy Ghost field saints got the little bottle of champagne talking about we getting ready to fellowship. The devil 
devil is a liar. God said, I'm a holy God. You just can't do all that stuff. Malachi, he told the children of Israel, he said, now you offer polluted bread upon my altar. And you say, when have we polluted you? I mean, what's wrong? We ain't had no playing bid with and having chips and a little wine. It ain't no big deal. He said that you say that the table of the Lord is contemptible and you offer blind for sacrifice. Is it not evil that you offer lame and sick? Is it not evil? Offer it now. Offer it to your governor, to your president. Offer it to President uh, 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 Trump. Give it to your, your mayor, mayor of what you call Chicago. Will, will he be pleased with thee or accept thee? That person said, the Lord of hosts. If you do it in mayor of Chicago, she'd probably take a joint smoking with you, but ain't no telling. Jesus. Now, now here, do you understand that they put this woman that has a perverse spirit over a city? And as the king goes, so goes the city, as the people. So she brings a curse upon the city that they're living in. And if you're a believer, you better, God's going to send revival to Chicago. Revival's getting ready to hit Chicago. He's got to turn that mess around. He's got to turn that thing around. He gave them what they wanted. They rebelled and rebelled and rebelled against God. Being religious, they're so religious in Chicago, it's a shame. And they rebel, and so God said, okay, I'm going to rise up the spirit of murder, and they're going to begin to shoot one another. The kids, the kids, shoot, bing, bang, bang, shoot one another. Whoa, what's going on with this? What happened? What, what, what? Well, you need to go back to the previous governor, and the previous thing, they passed the law that says gambling is okay, and they passed that LGBTQ law in Illinois, and now everything is going downhill. It's going downhill. So God said, you offer the lame excuses and sick excuses why you can't serve the Lord. And, oh, I don't like going to church no more. They just boring. I ain't learning nothing there. Well, if you don't read the word of God at home, you ain't going to learn nothing when you come here. Amen. You got to have a fellowship with God. Amen. It ain't my God, my job to keep you in your salvation. My God is to watch over your soul to keep you from sinning. Amen. It ain't my job to make you grow. You got to grow yourself. You don't want to eat. Don't eat. Amen. You want to have hot dogs and chips all the time. You're going to suffer for it later on. Amen. When you start getting cancer and all that kind of mess. That's what happens spiritually. The devil comes in and destroys so many saints because they stop, they leave the word of God. You can't leave this word of God. It's got to be like your Colgate toothpaste. You got to brush it every day. With... Amen. Don't get up like your kids, you know, teenagers. Grandson, he had braces on and he'd get up and run to school. He'd run down there and get him some mouthwash. He don't brush, he just get some mouthwash and run on out the door. Amen. I say, they're going to tell you about yourself at school and you get close to them. Amen. He went to the dentist, and the dentist took his braces off and had to do some work because he had all kind of plaque built up. He said, boy, you're going to lose all your teeth if you don't take care of your teeth. You didn't brush. You got to brush. Amen. Or you're going to be buying somebody else's teeth. Go ahead on. And they charge him, what, $15,000 now for a bridge and stuff? It's expensive. You better hang on to your teeth. <laughs> Amen. They charge a lot of money for a bridge now for all that stuff. Get them false teeth and stuff in there. Drilling all down in your gum and all down in your bone and jawbone. That's painful. Shoot. Keep that out of my mouth. No. No. The covenant. 1 Corinthians 10 20 says, But you say the but I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice the devil and not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and the table of devils. 
Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? Are we saying that I'm, too, I'm so strong I can deliver myself? I don't need you, God. I can do it myself. I used to try to fool myself with that years ago before I got saved. Y'all, I can stop smoking anytime I want. Stop smoking. Amen. Y'all don't know. I can stop. I couldn't stop if I wanted to. Amen. I go whole eight hours and then demons start hitting in my stomach. We want a cigarette. <laughs> go get us a cigarette. Find a butt or something in the ashtray. <laughs> I don't care. It would be like today. It could be 15 below zero. A smoker will go out of the house and go find a cigarette. Amen? Two o'clock in the morning. Get up looking through the ashtrays, looking for a butt. Amen? Anything. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we saying, Lord, you can't deliver me? Are you not strong enough to deliver me? You cannot partake of the Lord's table. And Joshua said to them, you cannot serve the Lord God. He is a holy God. He is jealous. You running around with the world. You running around spiritually prostituting yourself. God said, I'm a jealous God. God doesn't give a bill of divorce me because you want to act a fool. So I'm going to chase you to, to, to eternity. I ain't giving you no bill of divorcement. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. When you get tired of running around that same bush, that same mountain, you get it together, amen. You get, you, when you get tired of being beat up, as I tell the people, that I tell people, Pastor, pray for me. I know you're in rebellion. I know, I pray for, no, I'm going to pray all right. Lord, beat them some more until they submit to you, amen. Just beat them until they get it right. Going back out there around the bush again and around the mountain again, amen. The devil is waiting on you at the curb. Just go and meet him until you get tired of him pipping you and using you. You get it right. Now, remember now, when they said this, it wasn't a lie in their heart. I mean, it's, oh, God forbid. No, 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 no. We, we, we would never lose, leave you, God. No, we remember you delivered us. But see, when time goes by and you start forgetting what God did for you, he said, verse 20, if you forsake the Lord, you turn to strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you after he had done you good. And the people said to Joshua, no, but we will serve the God, Lord. And Joshua said to the people, you are witness against yourself. You smoke it, spoke it out of your mouth. Pay, P-E-Y, this is the year of pay, I'm speaking what you speak. You spoke it out of your mouth. You have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. We, you know, that's just the same thing when they were to Jesus. Crucify, crucify. Let his blood be on your hands. Let his blood be on our hands. Same thing. So what Joshua was saying, here's the covenant. He's a holy God. He's a jealous God. Follow him. If you, if you turn away from the covenant, if you turn away from God and God, God said, I'm going to bless you in your land. I brought you into your Canaan land. I've given you houses you didn't build. I've given you vineyards you didn't plant. I've given you children. I've, I've blessed your seed. I've blessed your feet. Your shoes didn't wear out. Your clothes didn't wear out. I brought you. I promised I'd bring you out of bondage. I brought you into your land. And then verse 24 of Joshua 24, it says, Now the people said to Joshua, The Lord our God, we will serve. We will obey his voices, obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and set them a statute and ordinance in Shechem. Shechem was the place that Jacob left because Shechem was the place where they killed all the men. And they came back to the place of the defilement and made a covenant with God and ordinance. And, so, and then it says, verse 28, so Joshua let the people depart, every man 
to his own inheritance. Joshua, I ain't holding your hand no more. You own your own. Jesus said when you get saved, born again, he said, map out your plan of salvation with fear and trembling. You map out. He didn't tell apostles, I got to map out your plan of salvation. You got to map out how am I going to do it? What am I going to do in life? Am I going to raise my children in the admonition and fear of the Lord? Am I going to raise my grandchildren? This is my, this is, you're on your own now. You said it. You said you're going to serve the Lord. I'm, I ain't got nothing to do with it now. You done made the covenant. Go on, enjoy your blessing. You're going to have to stand on your own now. That's the covenant. you got to stand on your own in the covenant with God. Here's the last part. The third part is the warfare. The blessing came, comes spiritually. It comes from your father. comes from your generations. You get the generational blessing. The blessings of Abraham are your covenant, a part of your covenant. That when you get saved, born again, Abraham had substance, he had cattle, goats, and all. He had material things. So that blessing belongs to us as new believers in Christ Jesus. But you got a war over the blessing and you got a war over the covenant. It just ain't going to stay there. The devil will come try to steal it. He'll come and try to take it. Now in 2 Kings 13, 14, we know the story. We've done it here many times. Elisha was falling sick of his sickness, whereof he died. Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him, wept over his face and said, Oh, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. In other words, Elijah's chariot, about to get, Elijah's chariot is about to come get you. And Elijah said to him, Take bow and arrows. He took unto him bow and arrows. And he said to the king of Israel, Put thy hand upon the bow. And put thy hand upon it, and he put his hand upon him, and Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands. There, there was a, 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 a command to do something. And the prophet put his hand or his anointing or the prophet's anointing on the hand of the king. The prophet put the, his hand on the hand of the apostle. Uh, the, the king was always a type and shadow of the apostle. The prophet put his hand on him and gave the, the, the king a command. He said, take, put your, put, take this bow. And he said, now... Open the window eastward and shoot. Eastward, when, you, when, the, uh, uh, when the Muslims pray, they face eastward. They don't want to pray to Mecca. They want to pray to Allah. He said, we're going we're gonna to shoot Allah. Amen. You're going to open up the window eastward, and we're going we're gonna to deal with Allah. And, and he opened it. And he said, Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, to the arrow, he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. And the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For thou shalt smite the Syrians at Aphek till you have consumed them. So here's the prophetic decree. He said when you, it was a demonstration. There was no power in the bow. There was no power in the arrow. The power was in the voice of the prophet, in the anointing of the prophet. He was the mouthpiece of God. And when he spoke it into the distance, God said, I will back it up. So when he said, uh, you, now you will get deliverance from Assyria. Because he laid his hands on it, he decreed it, and so delivered. Then he gave him a second command. He said, now take the arrows. And he took them, and he said to the king of Israel, smite upon the ground. And he smote thrice, and he stayed. And the man of God was mad at him. And said, you should have smitten five or six times. You prayed Monday, Lord bless me, bless us for no more. Tuesday, Lord bless me, that's three, us for no more. Wednesday, Lord bless me yesterday, you know, and then you stop praying the rest, of the, the rest of the year. You stop praying about the situation. Lord, I didn't pray, Lord, to heal him from that cancer. You for the hip. Well, you better keep praying. You don't stop praying one time when you get a little victory. 
You got to go in there and pray again, Sharon. You got to go in there and anoint him another guy. Give him another dose of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Anoint him again. Amen. Pop, pop him again. Say, devil, you're going to get up out of here. I, I got to see the manifestation of what I'm believing God for. We want to stop and quit and let the devil take, take, take advantage. We stop praying for our kids because we get mad at them and, and they, they get rebellious and we get stubborn. Say, I ain't praying for you no more. I'm going to be like Samuel. Amen. <laughs> Samuel, God told Samuel, stop praying for Saul. I haven't rejected him. Leave him alone. Let him go. You got to battle for your blessings. Battle, pastors, for your blessings, even in India, even in Pakistan, even in Africa. You got to battle. Yes, your, your nations are poor and things, but there's a blessing that belongs to you. There's a covenant that you're in, and there's a, there's a, you have to battle for the blessing. Second Timothy says this, the two and one says, so you, my son, be strong. Strengthen inwardly in the grace, spiritual blessing. That is to be found only in Christ Jesus. Be strong inwardly. It's not the size of the dog, but it's the size of the fight in the dog. Amen? Be strong inwardly. Yeah, you're going to knock me down. Amen? You might hurt me. You might mock me down. And I might cry. When I get through crying, I'm going to get up. We're going to fight again. That's all right. You hit me. Good shot, brother. You knocked me out. But I ain't through. I ain't through with you. You ever fight somebody that don't want to stop? Men are moving cool here in Luke. What we have here is a failure to communicate. <laughs> Luke said, uh-uh, I ain't going to stop swinging. The guy beating him up, the guy said, listen, come on, let me take you. He's being his best friend. See, I'm not, he's a fighter. The tenacious on the inside. That's what God said. You got to battle for your spiritual blessing. God promised me a blessing for my generation and my seed. Amen. I, he said in his word, a righteous man will fall seven times, but he'll get back up. I'm getting back up. I'm going to go fight again. Amen. You knock me down, I'm going to get right back up. Amen. My knees might be a little bloody. Amen. I might have a black eye. Hallelujah. I'll sit at home and heal up, but I'm coming back to fight again. Amen. I, I'm going to keep fighting until I get my victory. And the instructions which you have heard from me among many words. So here's this instruction. There was instructions about the blessing. There was instructions about the covenant. There's instructions about warfare. He said, which you have heard from me among many witnesses, transmit and entrust as a deposit to reliable, faithful men who will be competent and qualified to teach others. I had a, uh, the, the, the apostle's sister, she's been evangelist for a long time. She came up to me yesterday and she said, well, who's going to take the church? And I looked at her. I said, what you been doing? You don't want to have been leading the praise and leading prayer and organizing stuff. Step up. Step up. Step up. She entrusted something to the next generation. I entrust, I expect you to step up. If I'm gone, I expect you to keep on going in your covenant. Keep on releasing and healing and casting out devils all the days of your life. Step up. Take with me your share of the hardships and suffering which you are called to endure as a good first-class soldier of Jesus Christ. Amen? Was it that, was that General Patton? Came into the hospital and the guy was in the bed. He slapped him. Get up and go back into that battle. You ain't quitting. He said, oh, he slapped the soldier. Yeah, he slapped him. Get up. They're faking. 
Go back and fight again. You ain't through yet. Jesus said, get up. I called you to fight. Get up. I called you to be a soldier. Get up. I called you to endure. You can't even do a little torture from the devil. Amen. <laughs> How many have to endure torture from the devil? Amen. He called, you ain't going to ever be healed from that diabetes. We got you. You ain't going to ever be healed from this. You ain't going to ever be healed from that. You ain't going to ever be free. You ain't gonna ever, that's what they used to tell me. You ain't going to ever be free from these cigarettes. We got you. You ain't going to ever be free from this alcohol. This is your lot in life, and you ain't going to ever be free. For the rest of your life, we got you. He was lying out of his teeth. They were scared because I was finding out that I had some power. And when God, Jesus, I said, Jesus, deliver me. He said, no. I said, what? You ain't going to deliver me. He said, no, you deliver yourself. Get into my word. Read my word. Study my word. Learn how to speak my word. Amen. If I deliver you now, the devil ain't going to come back but take your milk money again. You better learn how to fight for yourself. Amen. <laughs> you better learn how to fight for yourself. Though we walk in the flesh and live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. Our weapons of warfare are not carnal. They're weapons of the flesh and blood. But we are mighty through God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. We are strong in God. We tap into the spirit realm and we deal with our situations. Even when they say we can't have it, the devil is a lie. I got a covenant blessing. Even when you go for that job interview and they say you ain't qualified, my word says that God will bless the works of my hands. Lord, change this man's mind. And then you go home and you get a phone call the next day and say we don't have a position for that job you applied for, but we made a new position just for you. I've seen it happen many times. We're just going to give you a position. We don't even have a position, but we'll make one because you're good. Amen. You got the anointing of Joseph on you. you. Something happens when you come in the room. So our business is taking off. We need to have you. Amen. You're a good worker. And we, we, we be watching you. You work eight hours. You don't get in be in the bathroom for a half hour on your 10 minute break. We watch you. Inasmuch as we refute arguments, we have to learn how to refute the devil's arguments and theories and reasonings. If you just do this one more time, you, you, know, you, you, you know, you look at it, they had a car accident and, and you're in the emergency room and, and you don't know what's going to happen to them. You need to go out and get you a cigarette. Wait a minute, wait a minute, where did this come from? I know I'm all stressed out, but I don't need to go get no cigarette. That's how he works. He works with something traumatic to happen to I need, oh, uh, Oh, Jesus, let me get me a drink. Steady my nerves. Then he got you back in the trap that you just pulled them and getting out of. Every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. See, the devil tells our young people, you, you're invincible. You can live forever. You got all the time in the world. You can do your own thing. And that pride gets in that big head and, 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 and they get destroyed. He ain't gonna do he gonna hurt you, take a little toke. Just one little smoke. And next thing you know, they hooked on crack or hooked on the heroin or hooked on something else. That's because you just tried it one time. He only wants you to try it one time. When you transgress the law of God, he's got you trapped. Yeah, they got what they call sticky traps, amen. A roach trap. You ever see one of those sticky roach traps? Roach crawling <laughs> and his feet get stuck to it. Amen. Or the mouse gets stuck to it. I had one over there in the other build, unit we had down there. I had one of them sticky traps down there, and the mouse got it. He tore that trap up. It was a big mouse. He just, Arr, I'll tell it. 
He ain't getting me today. Hallelujah. And we lead. You have to lead every thought and purpose away captive to the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Every thought. If this thought is not of God, and if it don't line up with God's word, then I need to cast down this thought. It's not. Just wait a minute. Where's all this anxiety coming from? Why am I fearful, fretful? What am I talking about? This negative stuff. The Bible says, think on these things. What is good? What is lovely? What is of a good report? What is calmly? I need to think on these things. What is He's the Prince of Peace. He gives peace to all men. Let the peace of God that sheds uh, shed abroad in my heart, let it manifest. I don't need to be going through all this stress, hair turning gray and falling out. I'm stressing over there because the man wants me to move out of his uh, apartment. I've got to go. I'll get, God's got something better for me then if i got to move out of this one. So I tell folks, I say, quit praying. You know, you're living in an old raggedy apartment. Quit praying. Oh, Lord, touch my landlord. Lord, make him come fix this house. No, you need to pray. Lord, give me my own house. Why I'm stamping in this old raggedy roach infested motel? Let me get me out of here. <laughs> I'm the seed of Abraham. Lord, don't you hear? Lord, I know you hear me. You said you hear the prayers of the righteous, and I'm going to keep knocking on the throne's door until you give me a new place. Amen? Until you get me out of this situation. Amen? Help! Help! <laughs> you, you, better lie, you better holler out. Amen? Help! Help! My wallet is empty. Help! <laughs> Shit. I've done that. I've opened my eyes and said, Lord, look at this. This is a shame. <laughs> this is a shame. Ain't got nothing in this wallet but lint and dust. And being in readiness to punish every insubordinate for his disobedience. When your own submission and obedience as a church, as a believer, is fully secured and complete. Don't be trying to tell somebody else about they messing. You got a beam in your eye. Don't be trying to tell, oh, God loves you and you up there messing up. Get yourself obedient. Get yourself submitted. Get yourself secure. Then you can go out and talk to somebody. Hey, brother, you need really need to turn around to Jesus. You really need to do that. Because you got a lot of folks up there in the pulpits preaching stuff and doing the other opposite of what they're preaching. Don't become a tinkling bell and sounding cymbal and all that kind of stuff and, and you're just messing up. The covenant is here. The pastor has the ability to, to put you in that covenant or, or, or help you in that covenant. When you receive Jesus, you come into the covenant. When you receive Jesus, you come into receiving a spiritual inheritance. When you come and receive Jesus, that is your covenant. That is your blessing. That's the covenant. And he's your warrior. He's the Lord of the hosts. He will lead you in battle for your blessings, for your generations, for years to come. He knows what your great-great-great-great-grandfather did. He knows what your great-great-grandmama did. He knows whether they were in witchcraft, whether they did stuff in the dark, whether they did stuff. You don't know what's in your bloodline, but when you go to him, say, Lord, I need you to expose this spirit. I'm tired of going from house to house and home to home and being a vagabond. I'm tired. Why am I always bound by this? And, and why is everybody in our family, my family, everybody in our family got a divorce? Why is divorce in our family? What did, my, then I found out my father divorced my mom and, and did all kinds of strange things and all kind of stuff was going on in the bloodline. Try to break those things through Jesus Christ. You break the power of the enemy and, and come into the covenant of Jesus Christ. You cannot serve the Lord God. He is holy. You can't come in pretending. You can't come in lying. You can't come in and acting like you ain't nothing wrong with you with God. He knows it all. 
You smoke, everybody can smell it when you come in the door. You smell your clothes, amen? They, they come up on the altar like, I don't smell their cigarettes. And I smoked for 20-something years, so when somebody come on the altar, they, if they got a nicotine demon, I can smell it. I said, you smoked? He said, no, nah, I ain't smoking 10 years. Well, that nicotine demon is waiting on you to have something traumatic to make you go get another cigarette. Let's get him out. He's in there, and he's hiding. He's just waiting on the situation to manifest himself. He's waiting on a situation where you're, you're preaching Jesus all these and then make you fall. And they bring everybody down that's been following you. That's what happens to preachers. People, they, get in, they, they go for years and years and got a big following. And then all of a sudden they get caught in a sexual sin. They didn't deal with their lust. They didn't get delivered from that spirit. And that thing manifests and pew, the whole church splits. We've seen it in the last 10 years. That's why a lot of people have left the church. We see all these pastors getting divorces, all these pastors doing this crazy stuff, remarrying and, and all that kind of stupid stuff, drugs and stuff, and it caused the church. People got discouraged. If the leaders can't do it, why, why should I serve the Lord? The devil is like, God's got 1,000, 7,000 that have not bowed the knee to the devil. I'm one of them. Hey, man, I ain't bowing in nothing to him. Yeah, I already been to all his, I ate off his table. Now you know if it's taken no more. Give the Lord a hand. Praise I'm through right now. Praise God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Pray for those who need prayer. If you want prayer, we'll pray for you this morning. Let me let's say a general prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the covenant blessing. I decree the blessing this morning that we are blessed, that seed of Abraham, that the blessings belong to us. The blessings belong to our family. The blessings belong to our generations and our generations to come. We thank you for the covenant, a secure covenant, a better covenant than that of Cain and Abel, a better covenant of Abraham, a better covenant. You wouldn't have gave a better covenant if the old one wasn't good enough. So we thank you that the new covenant through Jesus Christ is our portion, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon us who believe that the curse has been broken hallelujah according to Galatians 3.13 we thank you Lord for the new covenant and we walk in that covenant of joy and peace and generous and we speak of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that you've given us an inheritance of, of, of gifts of the spirit hallelujah by the Holy Spirit a spiritual inheritance of, of discernment of wisdom of knowledge of, of all these gifts of prophecy and tongues and interpretation of tongues all of these things you've given us and so we thank you for that and as we step into the covenant, Lord, and we come into this year 2020, it's going to manifest in a greater measure, a greater degree. We war against the devil. And we say we've taken everything back he's stolen in our bloodline. Everything that's been lacking, we commanded to come back sevenfold in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Lead